guess what? When people have enough money, they can buy food <laughs> and they can take care of their of their housing needs. And when they don't, they can't. This is a, a issue of poverty fundamentally. Welcome to the Vermont Conversation. I'm David Goodman. As the COVID-19 pandemic drags on, hunger is growing in Vermont and around the country. One in 10 Americans is now living with food insecurity. In Vermont, the situation is even more acute. Over the summer, people waited hours in line for mass food distributions around the state, and those will soon be ending. But on a hopeful note, a new program called Everyone Eats involves having Vermont restaurants get paid to cook food for hungry Vermonters. Here to talk about the hunger crisis and solutions are John Sales, the CEO of the Vermont Food Bank, Anora Horton, Executive Director of Hunger Free Vermont, and Jean Hamilton, the Program Coordinator for Vermont Everyone Eats. Welcome all three of you to the Vermont Conversation. Thank you for having us. Uh, Anora, I'd like to start with you. We are now seven months into this pandemic. Give us the big picture of where we are in Vermont in terms of hunger and food insecurity. Um, yeah, thanks, David. Um, so <clears throat> before the pandemic hit, um, Vermont had been pretty stable for the last couple of years at around one in 10 people in our state um, experiencing hunger and food insecurity. Now that's way too high a number um, right there. And so it's important to understand that when we came into this pandemic, we already had a lot of people in our communities who were struggling to put enough food on the table for themselves and their families, were um, worrying every month about whether they were going to have enough money to be able to afford food for the whole month, um, were looking um, at, at heading down that slippery slope of food insecurity. Um, now we're at one in four people in our state. So from one in 10 to hunger. one in four, that is dramatic. It is dramatic. And it's even more dramatic when you understand that inside of that one in four number, not everybody is experiencing this equally. So people of color in Vermont are four times more likely to be experiencing hunger and food insecurity right now than our white people. Families with young children are twice as likely as families without children to be experiencing hunger and food insecurity. Women are twice as likely as men to be experiencing hunger and food insecurity right now. So um, for, for some communities and some populations in our state, it's even worse than one in four. Explain what we mean by food insecurity. Yeah, so um, that's, a, that's a technical term, but it's useful because it describes the spectrum of what people experience when we're talking about um, not having enough food. And so hunger, actually not withholding meals, not eating enough, not having enough food, um, that's one end of the spectrum. And that spectrum goes all the way to um, maybe you have enough, 
food, but the food that you are able to afford is not nutritionally dense, right? It's, it's giving you the calories you need to survive, but it's not giving the, you the nutrients you need to really keep your immune system strong um, and thrive. So like you, boxes of mac and cheese would be an example. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, because, I mean, I'm sure you've noticed, like all of us in Vermont have noticed um, that food prices have been going up and up and up during this crisis. Do we and know so, how much? I mean, anecdotally, I notice things, but do we know actually how much? I don't have the statistic um, in front of me, but they are at the highest that they've been in quite a while. Hmm. Um, and and then so then to, to it, that spectrum can go also to just the constant worry. So maybe you can piece it together month by month by month to have enough food, but you're worried constantly that that's not going to be the case for you. And we know how much worry and stress also contribute to depleting your immune system, to um, mental health issues, you know, all, all of that. So any place that you are on the spectrum of food insecurity is, is, a, is a real problem, right? Um, but that's what, that's what that term food insecurity is meant to encompass is that whole spectrum of, of what people are experiencing. I mean, that number that one in four people, and as you point out, higher than that in communities of color, among women, you know, for to really wrap your head around that, that means in any given set plus setting that you're at, in any room that you're in, you're looking around at people who are perhaps going hungry or are afraid of going hungry and aren't sure where their next meal comes from. Um, John Sales, um, as CEO of the Vermont Food Bank, these are the people who show up uh, at the food shelves in their communities that you service. Um, I want to talk about one of the, you know, uh, programs here in Vermont that uh, certainly garnered a lot of attention. The visuals were memorable, and that is the uh, sort of the mass food distribution. Uh, settings that we saw at the uh, the airports uh, and at other big locations. This is the Federal Farmers to Families Food Box Program. But um, while this was going on in the summer and we saw those long lines, people getting there, you know, before dawn, uh, you hit a major snag with that in September and the program stopped, at least temporarily. What happened? Well, David, it's, it's really all about the USDA's process. So this, this Farmers to Families Food Box Program was set up very quickly um, without a lot of consultation and, and frankly, without a lot of forethought, I think. Um, the, there, there were those long lines, especially at the beginning. Um, you know, we had great uh, support from the state of Vermont from the State Emergency Operations Center and from the National Guard. Um, and we were able to smooth things out. And, and between May and the end of August, distributed 4.5 million pounds of food to that program to thousands and thousands of, of families uh, throughout Vermont. So it was very welcome, the food. Um, 
what happened in September was the the USDA was managing the the program in two month increments. So they were offering a new contract to the supplier, and they were using commercial distributors who were then uh, contracting with with growers and and uh, uh, food distributors to put together these boxes. Um, in Vermont, it, we were working with the Abbey Group, which is a Vermont company, and they were actually sourcing Vermont product to go in the box, uh, dairy from Cabot and some other, um, some other dairies around the state, and then also um, produce from Vermont growers. The, there was a September and October um, contract period, and USDA um, changed the contracts, uh, changed the parameters of the contracts for the September and October period, and it took them so long to do that that we actually didn't get word who the contractor would be serving Vermont in September and October until September 16th. Um, so because of the logistics, you know, these are our trucks, refrigerated trucks that have to show up at certain locations at certain times and be offloaded and there has to be traffic control. It's, it's pretty complicated logistically. And so uh, the food bank uh, had been working with the Abbey Group and we had a plan to start in September. Um, but because the Abbey Group did not get the contract for September, October, uh, we had to start from scratch and replan the whole thing. And basically, we just didn't have time to to get any any uh, distributions done in September. Uh, they started October fifth, and they'll go through the end of October, uh, working with the uh, with a, a group called Costa Fruit and Produce out of the Boston area and Cisco, which is a, a national organization um, that does business in Vermont. So we go from thousands of people lining up to get food to no food uh, available at these mass distribution uh, sites. How did folks who needed food get food in September? Well, interestingly, David, when, when, when we saw the, the government checks, the stimulus checks and the increase in, in unemployment benefits and the farmers to families food boxes going out, we actually saw a decrease in the number of people going to local food shelves. Um, and as soon as the farmers to families ended, uh, we saw that, that, that people going to food shelves spiking again. In addition, the food bank runs um, our own direct distribution program called Veggie Van Gogh, which we work with schools and hospitals and other community locations all over the state. And uh, across the board, we saw about double the number of people visiting Veggie Van Gogh sites. Um, so definitely folks were looking for a way to, um, to continue getting those food, um, those food supports uh, during September. Um, you know, we're thinking about this again, you know, very intensely, about what, what's going to happen in November and how are we going to continue to serve these folks. So this idea that, that you saw a drop off at the food shelves, the traditional, you know, food shelves that are in one's community, um, what accounts for that? Well, we think it was, you know, it's, it's hard to know because we have to ask people and, and we're doing that kind of work, but it takes a while to gather the data. Um, what we think happened was, number one, people had extra resources. Actually, there's some data sources out there that show um, spending by income levels and, and people with low income levels when the stimulus checks went out and the extra $600 a week and unemployment benefits were available, um, their spending went way up. Um, so people were paying off bills. They were 
um, uh, you know, um, kind of stocking the pantry. They were, you know, fixing the car, just getting things done. Um, and then uh, when, you know, so people were not feeling the need to go to the food shelves. Right. Um, and in addition, you know, we had COVID and most of the food shelves are, you know, in, in small rooms and basements and community centers and town halls. And so, so folks were uncomfortable going in and until the distribution shifted to prepackaged outside distributions, it kind of made sense. Um, the third piece of that was that the uh, folks who were formerly without homes, homeless in Vermont, were now being put up in hotels and motels and served three meals a day. And so the, the, the people we talked to at Food Shelf said, hey, you know, we had a lot of uh, people that came in regularly who were homeless and now they're getting, they're getting fed, so they're not coming in. Were you having any instance, I, I know that the food bank relies on a, a small army of volunteers to do this. Uh, were there, has there been a big drop off in volunteers? Has there been any COVID spread among volunteers? Um, we, there has not been any COVID spread about volunteers and th there actually, we decreased um, pretty significantly the, the volunteer groups we're using at our distribution centers to pack. Um, we kind of slimmed down to just a few regular volunteers um, to make sure we could space people appropriately and make sure people were following the appropriate standards. Um, a lot of our volunteers also were older people and so more susceptible to COVID and a lot of those folks stopped coming in. So we had to kind of shift the way we, we did our work. We did more direct distribution outside, which is a little safer and takes actually fewer volunteers. Um, but it, that's still impacting the food bank and lots of other nonprofits are volunteer led organizations. Um, it's, it's really challenging. And just to underscore something you, you just said, so the food box distribution ends at the end of October. And, and you shift to your traditional ways of, of food shelves and others. There, there is no more food box distribution after this month. Um, there, the, federal, the federal program is going to end. We're, we're looking at ways to, you know, to continue the, a, an enhanced, you know, really getting more food out than we were before. Um, we're sourcing more food and, and there will be opportunities for people to get food and, and folks should continue to look, watch our website. Right. Uh, to, to see what the opportunities are. But that, that federal program is scheduled to end um, at the end of October. And even if Congress were to tomorrow um, pass more funding, it would take several months to stand it up again, I think. Right. Well, and one of the ways that people will now be able to get food is uh, Gene Hamilton is the program coordinated for Vermont Everyone Eats. Uh, Gene, explain what Everyone Eats, what this program is about. Sure. Thanks, David. Um, Everyone Eats is a new program that was launched, uh, was, was funded by the state um, in July. And basically what the program does is engages and, and employs restaurants to help feed, feed our communities and, and those folks that um, are experiencing food insecurity right now. And so the program um, is administered at the community level by brand new innovative community hubs that are collaborations of, of all kinds of different partners who are reaching out to restaurants in their community 
and then connecting those restaurants with different opportunities for individuals to to get meals. Um, you know, the, the, the distribution sites and the, the, meal, the meal pickups are as diverse as, as the communities of Vermont are. Um, so they, they are taking place in some of the sort of traditional food security channels like food shelves and community meal sites, um, but also, you know, brand new partnerships. Um, like there are a number of health clinics around the state that are now offering meals, um, Head Start programs and, and various after school and um, child care centers. And then um, currently we are right in the process of launching a digital voucher that restaurants can sign up to offer meals through and Vermonters throughout the state can, can actually go online and download an app and request meals from those participating restaurants that will then be paid $10 a meal through the, the digital voucher program. Mm. And, and I'll just, 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 uh, just uh, tooting your horn a bit. I understand that Everyone Eats is in all 14 counties, uh, includes over 100 Vermont restaurants, distributing through over 130 distribution sites. So this is, this is a big deal on many levels, uh, including the fact that you're getting restaurants back to work. Absolutely. Yeah, it's really, um, you know, well, I'll, I'll just turn around and toot John and Anor's horns now because they've been great partners in this program. And something that has made everyone eat so strong is, is the collaborations we've had at every level. So, um, you know, even when we, we partnered up with the legislature and the administration to, to get this funding in place from CRF, which is the, the federal stimulus money, that was a great collaboration. Since then, we have worked really closely with a statewide task force that represents about 20 different organizations like John's and the NORS. Um, and then now we have these 18 community, community hubs that, that do represent groups in all 14 counties. Um, and I'll, you know, just one more aspect that's really exciting about this program is it's really modeled on some grassroots initiatives that sprang up right you know in march late march as a direct response to covid so i came from skinny pancake where i was working on the shift meals initiative but there were other programs like chester helping hands and the virgins boys and girls club that had partnered on in an early way with our antidote um, the downtown brattleboro alliance was was launching a program in brattleboro so we were able to sort of form a coalition with these grassroots initiatives and, um, and use them as a, as a model for how to, to create a new program that, that operates statewide. And David, yeah, I'll just um, you know, really highlight what you said, that it's exciting to have a, a new food opportunity to, to help feed those of us that are, are feeling um, food insecure right now. But it's really exciting that we're able to engage our local economic infrastructure and really use this, this opportunity to um, support restaurants that are struggling so much right now and, and help prevent more people from falling into food insecurity um, as we're able to keep restaurant workers working and, and doing what, what they do best, which is make delicious food. How do people who need to utilize these, uh, your services find these hubs and distribution centers? Yeah, so if folks are looking for, for meals, and I'll just say eligibility for meals through Everyone Eats is based on um, if, uh, if your access to food has been negatively impacted by COVID or you are otherwise experiencing food insecurity, uh, you are welcome to go to vteveryoneeats.org 
and you can see a directory of our distribution sites there. Also, many community organizations on the ground, you know, have are tapped into our network. So if if you are regularly frequenting your food shelf or, or a church meal program um, or a Head Start program, you know, you could ask your coordinators at those sites too, and they probably can, can point you in the right direction. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Vermont Conversation, we're talking about hunger in Vermont. And our guests this half hour are John Sales, the CEO of the Vermont Food Bank, Anora Horton, the Executive Director of Hunger Free Vermont, and Jean Hamilton, the program coordinator for Everyone Eats. Um, Anor, I want to circle back to where uh, a, a statistic you cited at the beginning, which is that Vermont has gone from one in 10 people being food insecure to one in four, and we're not done yet. Um, where, you know, we're hearing a lot of warnings uh, nationally and locally that this is going to be a tough winter. Uh, as people go indoors and the virus may have an opportunity to spread further. What are you concerned about right now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I think, I think that it could be a really tough winter in terms of hunger and food insecurity. And, and that's because um, the federal government is really just not doing its job right now. <laughs> um, it's, uh, Congress is and and the administration are failing to come to terms on any kind of um, additional stimulus um, package to support states um, to allow states to do the kinds of creative initiatives that everyone eats um, represents. Um, as as John said earlier in the program, you know when people were receiving extra funding from the federal stimulus, um, you know, CARES Act um, packages of the earlier days of the pandemic, guess what? When people have enough money, um, they can buy food <laughs> and they can take care of their, of their housing needs. And when they don't, they can't. This is a, a issue of poverty fundamentally. Um, and so more people are having that experience right now because of the pandemic than ever before. Um, and that doesn't mean that there is nothing that, that there's nothing available, okay? And so I want to, to put a plug in now um, for everyone who's listening for the federal nutrition programs because those programs existed before the pandemic and they're still here and they're still going to be here after the pandemic. And that's Three Squares Vermont. That's Vermont's SNAP program. Um, and school meals, which right now, um, breakfast and lunch are free for every single student at the school. And in fact, for any child um, in any school attendance area to receive, whether they're in school or whether they're learning at home, and in many school districts, weekend meals are available as well and uh, for families to pick up. Um, and in some cases, they're being delivered. So there's those programs, there's WIC. Um, and those programs are really critical. They're always, they've always been critical. Uh, but right now, they're, they're even more so. Because when these temporary programs created um, out of the COVID crisis, go away um, as um, 
as the food box distribution um, is and is Everyone Eats will as well when um, the CARES Act funding shuts down. Um, three squares Vermont, free school meals for the whole school year for every, every student. Um, WIC, they're still here, Meals on Wheels, they're still here and they're still going strong. And not only do they make a huge difference for you, your individual self and your family, but they make a huge economic difference as well because that's federal dollars that are coming in to our economy and being spent right here in our local communities, in our local grocery stores, to our local farmers and through our local schools. Now, I know in the past there has been, it's been difficult to, you know, due to stigma around uh, public service programs such as these, it's been difficult to get people to sign up. And uh, the point is often made that, you know, food, mass food distribution with people lined up before dawn is not a very efficient way to get food to hungry people. Um, it's the you know, what has been known in the past as food stamps programs, those kind of programs, which put food and money in people's hands to get food into the stores that are in their neighborhoods is a much better way to feed people. Are you seeing the less reluctance for people to sign up for these assistance programs now? Well, for school meals, I would say yes. Um, and I would really encourage um, all families to make use of this, even if your student is home three days a week. Um, find out when your pickup times are in your schools and go pick up the meals um, and help. It helps the school, it helps the meal program stay viable if everybody's using it. Um, for Three Squares Vermont, I would say not yet. Um, I think um, there is a lot of stigma surrounding that program and there have been alternatives available. Um, but I'd just like to offer an alternative interpretation to these um, for around Three Squares Vermont for your listeners today. And that is that we've already paid for these programs. We all have paid for school meals and SNAP and WIC to be there and available to us when we need them. So our tax dollars that are funding these programs and they're ours and um, we have a right to use them, we deserve to use them, and we should use them. And when we do, we don't just help ourselves, but we help our schools and we help our communities to get through this pandemic together. So I really encourage everyone to make use of these programs and you can get help doing, uh, doing it too, especially with Three Squares Vermont, you can get help applying. If you go to vermontfoodhelp.com, you can get a lot of information and find out if you're likely to be eligible. And the Vermont Food Bank has a fantastic texting service and live wonderful people to help you with the application process. And that is, oh, John, am I gonna remember it? V no, it's, uh, you can text. There you go. VFBSNAP, VFB SNAP to 85511. And it will take you through a little um, multi-step screening to see if you might be eligible. You can also call 855-855-6181 and someone will call you back and talk to you about whether you're eligible and if you are, help you through the process. Well, John Sales, for somebody who has perhaps is facing tough, you know, 
times financially in their homes, perhaps they've lost their job. Um, what do you want them to know um, if they're afraid, you know, they're going to go hungry or their family, they're not going to have enough money to feed their family. What do you want them to know? Well, first I want them to know that those federal programs are available and they are there for them now. Um, and so they should look into whether they're eligible for Three Squares Vermont. It's the most efficient, effective, and dignified way uh, to, to make sure that your family has the food that you want and need. Um, I would also say that, that by using the resources that are available, you're supporting Vermont. Um, we want people to bounce back. We don't want them to have to dig out. Um, and so don't wait until it's critical for your family. Reach out. Um, you can go to our website, vtfoodbank.org, and find the resources that are available, um, including the federal programs. Um, and vermontfoodhelp.com, of course. Uh, and, you know, look for places that are distributing the Everyone Eats Meals. You know, don't wait until, until you feel desperate. Go ahead and, and use what's available now because that's why it's here. Okay. Well, I want to thank uh, all three of you, Anora Horton from Hunger Free Vermont, John Sales from the Vermont Food Bank, and Jean Hamilton with Everyone Eats Vermont. Uh, thanks to all of you for joining us on the Vermont Conversation. You're welcome, David.